All right, welcome to Old Town New World. We're here in Old Town Rock Hill, South Carolina at Millstone Pizza, and I'm Jason Broadwater. And I'm Chris Gervais. And we're gonna talk about the ever-changing world of small town USA. Can I count it off? No, okay. So we're here today, of course, we have with us uh, Silent Micah, as always. Say hey to everybody, Silent Micah, please. All right, all right, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. Chris, nice shirt. Thank you. Excellent, I like the way you pop your collar. Oh, it's popped, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> Man, your shirts make great radio, dude. They do, they always make such great radio. All, all three of them. <laughs> the three amigos, they're hanging in your yeah. closet. Oh, you're talking about the three amigos? <laughs> Okay, our actual guest today is not Ben Stryker, but Ben Sliker. Thank you. Is it Sliker? That, that was our soccer team when I was young. Was, yeah, well, my dad was the, the coach, and so we were Sliker Strikers. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Kick me old school. That and one. that was in Wisconsin? Yes. Okay, so we're going to learn about uh, what, where Ben's from and what he's up to. Ben's a filmmaker in around the Charlotte area, and um, has been involved in a lot of a cool projects, so we'll, we'll learn about it. So, Ben, let's start with... Um, you, you spent most of your growing up in, in Wisconsin, and we'll get the whole Ben story later, but how did you get into film? Did it start as a teenage kind of thing? or It did. I um, It started when my buddy uh, Brad in, in high school, he was the first person to kind of tell me that I should be watching films based on the directors uh, instead of who the star was or... The genre or the small dog that was in it. Totally um, <laughs> disagree. That's not what you want. That's not, and so. Um, an actor though. The dog's an actor. So. <laughs> and so that was kind of the the litmus for it. And um, I started making some video projects in high school. And and we had a senior English project. And we decided to make a video for it. And it was like a a reimagining of it was like a Hamlet sequel. Uh, basically, we called it Hamlet 2K2, and it was that was the year 2002. Uh, and so we we worked on it like literally for months um, because he told us about the project at the beginning of the year, and he wanted everybody to do this big thing, and we didn't really hear much about it. And we were out shooting in the woods with swords and snow and all this silly stuff. And I would break into break into I would sneak into the uh, um, AV lab at our high school after school every year or every every day. And kind of the librarians were confused about what I was doing, but I would just go in there and kind of that was my first experience editing. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but one of the guys there kind of showed me how to just ingest our footage and, and put it on the timeline. And that was kind of how I got my hands dirty for the first time making a film. And I kind of just fell in love with the editing process. And so, uh, long story short, we got to the end of the year and our English teacher had forgotten about the entire oh, project. And so we show up with this like 30 minute long VHS of our film that we made and like we didn't like he gave us some extra credit or something like That's that for hilarious. us but the whole project got like canceled and so Do you still have that vhs oh absolutely absolutely like oh, we i'm i mastered it to like a dvd no so way. yeah yeah wow, and so great. every every probably five or so years I'll, I'll break that out and and re-watch it with how does the, it feel to watch it now is it hold oh, up it's, a little bit oh or? it's terrible oh, really? like i was the lead actor in it and so like that was that will never happen uh, again <laughs> 
thing. So you, so, so you were like earnestly trying to make, were you like, you say it, it's, you're saying it's terrible, but like, was it goofy on purpose or? Did you or say it's Ernest goes to camp? Yeah, you were trying to make Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, we were trying to make something that was oh, good, yeah. but like we had built in some like really sort of dumb moments. Like there's like, there's parts where like it intercuts footage of me like screaming at an open field and then it cuts to like footage of Braveheart, yeah. you know, oh, on the no. other side. And so like yeah. intercutting me back and forth, just like taking on this entire army by myself. Um, but I mean, we had a couple decent sword fights in there as oh, well. Nice. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't all for not. Oh, that's well, awesome. So, um, th that's great. So, you knew you wanted to do film from then on? Was it like, a, oh man, I know what I want to do with my life kind of thing, or just you liked it? Yeah, and from there, it was just kind of learning, you know, what I wanted to be doing yeah. as far within, as yeah. within filmmaking. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I went to college, went to Wisconsin, and they didn't have a specific film program, so they had, I have a com arts degree, and it was radio, TV, and film, and, and most of it was not production, it was mostly theory. And so I took a lot of theory classes, which was great. Uh, exposed me to a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have normally seen right. or heard of, you know, because now, like everything nowadays, you can just search it on Google and find it somewhere, you know, it's streaming somewhere or you can rent it somewhere. Yeah. But like, this was still in a time where like you had to go to the art house video store to get foreign films and things like that. Yeah. And so at the time, that was still a really good experience of you know, I took French film classes and Soviet film classes and melodrama and, and a whole bunch of different things. And so, yeah, I didn't take any TV or radio classes. And so uh, we had a couple production classes, but um, at the time I was just more focused on trying to become a stronger director. And so right now I sort of like to, I write, I direct and I edit. And those are kind of the three phases of, of filmmaking, you know, uh, for me, I, I do a bunch of other stuff too, but it kind of, that's the main, the, my main focus. So the, um, when you graduated from college with this focus and this knowledge, how did you end up in uh, Charlotte? Well, I, uh, I had interned uh, for my cousin's real estate uh, company down in Charlotte. Um, and my cousin, one of my best friends uh, down here, and so he's about 10 years older than I am. And so he said, I, I kind of had two options, I think, coming out of college. I was like, I can go out to L.A., and I can do the L.A. thing, and, and maybe I'll have one of my projects made sometime in the future, you know, that sort of thing. Or I can come down, and I have some family down here, and, and kind of work with Dan and, and you know, kind of try to make my own films. I don't think I was as confident as I needed to be either coming out of college as far as, like, what you know me as a filmmaker or anything like that or as far as my production goes well you know everybody that goes to la goes to a real struggle and then about two hours later they hit it big <laughs> <laughs> so i don't you, you maybe should have done that it's, <laughs> it's really unfortunate if yeah. i would have known that at the time right, yeah. i just needed someone to guide me um yeah, actually i've heard they've gotten it down to like 45 minutes yeah they really did we really have yeah and then there's something bad goes wrong and then it comes back again yeah. <laughs> by the end of the two hours well, you know, it's like all the, like all these streaming stuff, man. They just got to keep cranking out that content. Everybody's, uh, you know, new Spielberg every day. You know, I'm interested in people that make the choice that you made because um, one of the things that I find interesting about small towns uh, is that you have people that are doing creative things and they're doing it themselves, they're creating it themselves, they're building it themselves, they're sharing it with like-minded people. And it doesn't have the same um, almost... Um, now, I haven't been involved in the L.A., you know, uh, movie scene or anything, but, I mean, it just seems so, like, cutthroat and, um, I don't know, 
the, the hometown thing just seems like it's just good people making good stuff, sharing it with each other. How, how do you feel about the difference between those scenes? Or it's very interesting to me because I, I've been out to LA a couple times during my tenure with with Fox Sports, and it's definitely it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. It's not where I. Um, it's not a vibe that I kind of grew up with either. I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. Uh, I moved down here. I live in Fort Mill. That's kind of a small town, and so. Um, the idea of helping others uh, to just create something without really feeling like you're going to get anything in return, um, I, I think I think that's kind of the difference, you know. Um, and so when you're when you're in a small town and you just kind of get that vibe, that mentality of you know we're just interested in in what you're doing and trying to elevate you know our little piece of the United States here. It's like, hey, and, and we can say, hey, that came from Rock Hill or that yeah. came from Fort Mill. That's kind of built or even into what you're doing. Charlotte, you it's know? It's like you're kind of representing your place whether you like it or not. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and so I think one of the big things for me was not only what I wanted to do, because I know I'm gonna be making films the rest of my life. It's just a part of my life. And when I'm, when I'm not doing it, I'm out of balance, right. and so when I when I finish one project, if I'm not starting on the next one, like immediately, like there's this just kind of big hole, you know, and and I feel weird uh, if I'm not you know writing the next thing, and so um, what wasn't really the the question? It was most of it. What I've been trying to figure out over the last ten years or so is how. And so, and so that's where Fox News comes into play. With the how piece, right? Well, how is more, you know, who I want to be involved with, and and what kind of, what kind of feeling do you want to get while you're doing something? You know, so it's it's not if you're you're part of a system, you know, that's great, you know, but the system works how the system works, and so you know, I can go out and, and I can make films how I want to. And most of the time, the only thing that really gets sacrificed is time. Right. You know, and I, you don't really get, you don't really want to do, there is no right way to make a movie. You know, there's no right way or make wrong way. It takes forever. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort by pretty much, anyways, it takes a ton of effort just to make a bad movie. And I've made bad movies right. too. So, you know, there's no wrong way to do it, but I think there's a personal choice for everybody about how they do it, you know, because you can you can make the exact same film, you know, a whole bunch of different ways, just kind of what the experience you want out of it. Well, let me, before we um, learn a little bit more about you being at Fox Sports, because um, I think that is interesting, you know, if it's just to pay the bills or whatever it is, I'm sure you learn things with your craft, but let's, um, let's run through it. I want to run through this multiple times while we're talking here, but your the movies that you have out there that you want to kind of attach yourself to that you want people to check you out and, and you want them to kind of understand who you are as a filmmaker uh, what, what are these movies where can they find these movies um, well you can go on my website uh, it's just my name b-e-n-s-l-i-k-e-r uh, dot com and uh, you can see them you can see them there um, or you can look up Expectant. It's playing in a number of different areas in the Carolinas over the next okay, few expected? months. Expected? Expectant. 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 Okay, 
Um, yeah, I know. Uh, titles are always the hardest part for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so that's uh, a newer movie you did. That is that is our latest short. Yes, okay. correct. Uh, so that we finished that up about the end of last year. Okay. Uh, and so we've been in the, the laboriously long film festival process right now. It's not online anywhere, um, just because a lot of festivals like that kind of exclusivity of, yeah. of not being online. Um, but once, probably by the end of the year, it, it'll be online, just because we'll kind of have wrapped up our, our festival run. Yeah, I, the thing about, like, some festivals would rather you show stuff that's not online, but I, even on a personal level, I like... I like the idea of not having my stuff public online until it's like, until it completely is just done. Um, just because of how overwhelming it is to like think of it as like a thing on the internet. Cause that's like sort of a very overwhelming concept when a creative work like that, <clears throat> uh, to me when I'm like, well, it's this thing that I made that I send to film festivals and when people ask me for it, I can send it to them. And that feels really positive to me. But as soon as I think about like a thing I made that's in the vast, tumultuous ocean of the internet i get really bummed out about it oh yeah because it's yeah. like feels like it disappears when you put it up. that's how i feel and, and not, i'm not saying that's a good attitude to have because the whole point of the internet is it gives us all access to stuff but um oh just personally as a creator of movies that that's how i feel it loses a lot of energy to me when i think that uh and the thing is it would be the opposite if i thought people a bunch of people were going to watch it that's not how i feel it's the idea of putting it on the internet and nobody watching it which which it, i'm admitting is like not a positive thing to think because yeah. that's not that's not a great way to grade success but i i do that's how i feel well then when you move beyond kind of the phase where you're uh submitting it to these festivals do you then market it on the internet is that is that kind of a next step yeah, so that's like every filmmaker's worst nightmare, right? It's like, I made this thing, and now how do I get people to watch it, you know? And so, um, for me, you know, I, I've sort of felt the satisfaction that I needed to feel out of this movie, the kind of the moment that we were done, and we were able to show it to sort of our cast and crew. Right, yeah. Kind of everything else after that is a bonus. You know, it's a sort of the pipe dream is like, all right, maybe one day I will make a movie that's amazing enough that someone else who's amazing will watch it and they will want me to do amazing things for them. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's like, but that's like winning the lottery, right? You know, so you hear it happening. You hear about, you know, people who had these amazing shorts that either turned them into features and got money for it or got in the hands of Peter Jackson or J.J. Abrams and then they, you know, had them make a feature for them and, and things like that. But that's not, I mean, that's not a realistic story in my opinion. Like, that doesn't happen all the time. Like, what happens is you, you grind out your own films and you need to be satisfied with that because a lot of that stuff is not up to you outside of your, you know, realm. If I, and, and, I rarely think about marketing ahead of making the film because if I was if I was thinking about marketing ahead of making the film, I would make it completely differently. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Then then how I would make it just because I want to make this film because I feel like that's the film I want to make yeah. or that's the film genre that I want to make or or whatever reason that you have for making a film as opposed to so like if I wanted to sell a film, like I would you know you'd bring in a as as big an actor as you could for a day 
you know, and and to like, to yeah. have their name on it, you'd slap them on the DVD cover or whatever it is, DVD, Blu-ray. I don't. Do, do they sell discs like, anymore? Shoot uh, big, like <laughs> Brian Dennehy, or something. Like yeah. Biggest, <laughs> biggest star you can think of. Biggest, biggest star I can get. I largest size DVD. I, I, don't <laughs> even, I don't even have Brian Dennehy money, so you know that's <laughs> that's not really even an option. Didn't he play Thor? <laughs> <laughs> In the like USA Network version <laughs> yeah, right. from 1992, <laughs> like that Captain America version that no one's seen, you know, from the eight 90s. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a whole different vibe of of you know, do, do you want to make this to make money? Do you want to make this to make hits on the internet, or do you want to make this because this is the film that you want to make? Occasionally, those things cross paths, right. which is great. That's your home run right yeah. there. You know, you have it, that's your Christopher Nolan, right? I make artistic films that are also blockbuster right, yeah. you know money makers which that that doesn't always happen even the people who are you know you look at the directors today who are artistic who are sort of pushing filmmaking as a medium those films aren't always making money yeah, either right. so you know there's a there people have to have a lot of faith in those guys too you know and that's those could be massive financial you know losses yeah. compared to well, well, I mean, the what art, we're doing the the art form is <clears throat> probably the defining art form of the last 50 years i mean you know um of, of film you know and um and other things obviously you, know, you can argue that kind of stuff all day but i mean it's it's the king of of uh, exposure to to art i mean the amount of people that go see I guess video games nowadays. The amount of people Probably that play video games are, are huge, but and, and video games are sort of just now cresting that yes. energy, and because they're getting more like movies. Yes, exactly. But but you know, so you have this kind of mass media quality about it, but it's still a fine art, right? I mean, and it's there's still a whole world out there. It's more similar to what you're describing that is similar to the fine arts in and I define the fine art in, in that the people who are creating it are driven to create uh, because it's about life and, and experience and meaning they're, and then they're trying to find a way to kind of you know pay for the, the stuff as to go but that's not their driving motivation so I mean do you agree that it's a fine art still and a commercial en endeavor or um, I think I think there's still a lot of people out there who believe that which is encouraging. Um, you know, we believe that because we don't really have any other option, right? right. You know, so nobody's, nobody's writing me a million dollar check tomorrow to, to make my next film. Um, and so, you know, we, we want to believe that. Sort of the, the layman in this process, the, the independent, you know, grassroots filmmaker, you know, has to have that belief that, okay, I'm, I'm making art because this is a medium that I can express myself in, and it's the best medium that I can express myself in. Um, you know, I, I find like filmmakers a lot of times usually have other talents, whether that's music or art or drawing or, or things like that, just because they're sort of naturally artistic. You rarely find someone who's working on a local level who is like, I am just a director. Right. You know, that just, that just that it's like, I'm a director, but I also did the visual effects and I painted that over there. Um, yeah, totally. And so, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a good bedtime story for people like me of, of you know, being artistically fulfilled. Um, that's kind of what I struggle with kind of on a daily basis because yeah. what I do professionally is it can, 
you know, can sort of rob you of that artistic, you know, value that you have. You're sort of how much artistic energy that you have on a daily basis. And then you go to work and you put that into your work because you've got to provide, you know, for your family and pay the bills and all that stuff. And then you get home and I've just edited for 10 hours. I don't want to edit for another five at home, you know, or, or, you know, oh man, I don't, I don't really feel like writing anymore. And so that sort of balance is, is my main concern now. I'm not, I, I'm not too concerned with the, the industry as a whole, but more just kind of finding your own artistic balance uh, of, you know, like I feel good about what I'm doing and, and what I'm spending my time, you know, with and not, and not robbing other things from it because what I'm doing now is just one big bucket of time, right? You, you, if you're spending time, it's, it's hard to not think about it in a way of, oh, I'm spending time doing this instead of thinking about I'm not spending time doing all this other stuff, which is like a really dangerous kind of path to go down. It can lead to unhappiness, you know, if you can't balance that. So, I, But it sounds like you, you, you have some balance going on. So let's, let's go back to... Uh, uh, speaking of doing things to pay the bills, let's talk about Fox Sports. Um, yeah, I was a I was the editor and producer. Um, I worked mostly on their digital side, and so when I started working there, we were the Speed Channel, uh, and so Speed Channel transitioned to be Fox Sports One in 2013, I believe, uh, and so I, when I first started there, like we were putting like 10, 15 clips on the internet a week. You know, it was like not that high volume, like. I had to, and like rights were really weird. Like I had to like run across the street and grab a tape and like ingest the tape and like combine a whole bunch of things because we only got one clip that week, you know? And so it was very different than the environment now. And so uh, overall the experience was really great. I had a really great boss for the first six or seven years that I was there. And so he, it was good. Like it was strange because like I, I thought everybody had a great boss, you know, who was in corporate America. and. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot about time management and people management because most of the stuff that we were doing it was was really quick turn type of stuff. And then when we moved into some more sort of social media video over the last three or four video or years that I was there, that was a really good learning experience for me as well because not only were we churning out a lot of content, it was in it was in something that had never been used for that before you know social media yeah so social media video was like just really in its infancy when when i was still working there uh in a lot of ways um and so now you see it sort of busting out in, in different ways you know whether that's snapchat or stories or, or or things like that but uh people are always in love with video you know they always like that's always like oh we can write you an article and they kind of turn your nose up and they're like, well, but we'll put pictures and then they get a little bit more interested and then it's like, but we can do a video with it. And so Whoa. then they're like, well, video, that's great. Um, and so that was always the gold mine is to have the most, you know, engaging video that, that you could. And so that was always going back to sort of marketing your own films and things like that. It taught me a little bit about that side, but it also taught me that, hey, maybe my films are just this kind of separate thing that doesn't need to be in that world, like Chris was kind of talking about, because most everything is just clicks and views and things like that. And, and so, like, you know, I, I'm not going to subtitle my films so that somebody can watch it on Facebook with the sound off, you know, or while they're kind of scanning through. It's just not the right place for it, but it's, you know. But it's an awesome format for some kinds of content. I oh, think yeah. that is a great format honestly i was really stoked when that came along with it because i never have sound on my phone i don't I, it's something i mean it's like I, I saw like um some meme that was like uh 
it was like a uh, me guy who's like hasn't taken his phone off silent since 2011. Yeah. Every time at the movie theater when it says please silence your phones, like still checks my phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I have a video on my GeoCities page, so I know what you're very talking nice, about. Yeah, I'm just I'm you know I'm, the real concern real is just I I just don't want anybody to be like watching my film while they're taking a crap. Yeah, right, you know, right. like that's just like the end goal. Oh, like right. you know. I'm gonna not tell you about my pitch for the new film festival that I have that's coming out. It's a theater full of toilets. That's amazing. It's a great idea. That's amazing. Is it like like everybody has headphones on? They're all experiencing it. It's like a silent film festival almost. Yeah. You know, like I, a silent radio. Well, this is, I wouldn't call it silent. <laughs> well, you can't hear everyone else if you've got the hear headphones on, Chris. Right. If I close my eyes, I'll disappear. <laughs> random, random flush breaks. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like a silent laugher, so like. Like you can't you can't tell when I'm laughing at something. I just kind of like. I'm a, I'm a grunt laugher. So when when I think something's funny, I go. Mm. I was just laughing for the last ten seconds. You'd never know. I'm a visual laugher. It's great for radio. I might. I do this. start off with like a, a very like small chuckle but then it just becomes comes silent laughter i'm just opening my mouth and smiling for some reason okay so for all you listeners at home gathered around the fireplace um unfortunately jason just performed a great visual which was he gave this sort of sitcom intro like where they freeze frame and it says jason broadwater like he gave a great sitcom freeze frame face so anywho um so you left fox sports Yes. Because of these questions around uh, where to focus your time, your energy, and all that? No. Uh, I left Fox Sports because they got rid of her entire department oh, wow. uh, in one fell swoop. Realization. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. And so, uh, you know, obviously, you know, everybody who's been in, in corporate America has dealt with, you know, if you're, if you're there long enough, you're, you're going to deal with layoffs in, in some way or another. And it was, you know, our, de our department was not needed anymore or, or in, the, in the capacity that it, that it was uh, anymore. And so I had, um, I had been there for a long time. And so that was, that was kind of strange for me. It was almost a decade uh, that I had, had worked for the company. Um, and so I was kind of in this just kind of new area. And so for the previous couple of years before that, I had, I had done some freelance projects, and and up until that point, I was felt like I was almost working two jobs, uh, and so, kind of losing one of those jobs wasn't that big of a deal at the time, um, because I mean there was there was a lot of guys who weren't in my position, and I feel a extremely blessed to to have been in that position to have sort of work that was coming in on the side. Uh, and so for a couple months, I, I, I explored, um, you know, another full-time position, whether that was corporate work or, or you know, somewhere else. Uh, and so nothing in the first few months that really kind of came to fruition uh, in, in that space, something that I was really excited about. And so um, I just kind of went full blast after that. It's like, all right, I'm going to make this freelance thing work, then I'm going to make it work, you know. And so I basically just started contacting every person that I knew in the industry. Um, and it wasn't like calling up on the phone and saying, hey, do you have work for me? It was just calling up people and saying, okay, I know that you do this, or I know that you're kind of in this space, so how do you do it? Right. Um, and so, you know, some, some things have come from that, but for the most part, it was just, all right, this is, this is what I need to do to kind of make it work. Um, and so that was, really, that was really interesting for me. And I pretty much keep in contact with all of those people 
up until now and it, and it just kind of you know i mean uh, i'm like extroverted in public and introverted in my house you know and so like it's it's tough for me like i don't like to put myself out there i don't like to make phone calls you know yeah. but the answer to most problems is two phone calls away and so um if you you, you put just enough work on it you know ahead of time then then a lot of the problems with you know being busy or finding work or, or whatever that is so those, those just kind of melt away um which is really great but you know like that it, it I, I tell most people it's trading stress for anxiety you know i felt like i had two i had two jobs before and that got kind of stressful you know that was that was terrible um but not terrible the jobs were fine but the stress was terrible um, but now it's like, I don't have that stress anymore. I get to spend more free time with my family and, and doing projects that, you know, I love, but at the same time you have the anxiety of, all right, where's my paycheck? And if I've got this paycheck figured out, where's my next one going? And then if I've got that one figured out, where's my paycheck in six months, yeah, you know? And so it's like, it's like, there's a certain, like, if I like push that bar far out enough, you know, or if I'm hey, where's my paycheck in a year, I can go, eh okay you know i'm doing all right you know like i don't need to know where that is um so you know you get to that spot and then the anxiety level goes down and you kind of like balance before you know how i was talking about you kind of achieve a little bit more yeah it's like i get to spend a lot of time with my family who might be starving to death <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eating ramen noodles and playing checkers in my empty house because i yeah because i can't afford health insurance um, and i've so. gotten good at bloodletting <laughs> we don't have health insurance. <laughs> just become resourceful, you know. Just yeah. keeping it in bags, <laughs> just, in, just in case. Sounds like a lot. Everybody's collecting water again because yeah, we're gonna hit yeah. with another hurricane yeah, around here. So. so I guess in freelancing, you find yourselves with, with a spectrum of different types of work. I would imagine. So like some of it is, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I imagine some of it's close to where you would what you would be doing even unpaid, I mean, in terms of if you're working on a movie or a creative project, and then maybe some of it's really far from what you'd want to do. You're thinking, oh, I gotta edit this thing, man, oh my God, you know? Yeah, it, like, I used to think a little bit more like that when, when I had a full-time position, and then, you know, like, doing extra work after that kind of felt like that. It was like, oh, you know, I gotta find time to, to get this, but I think your time management game sort of ups when you're when you're 100% independent. Yeah. And so really, like, like I was talking before, it's like if you rob time from one place, you're not getting it somewhere else. Whereas like now, like I know, like I'm not gonna sit down in front of my computer and sort of like procrastinate about a project anymore like i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna nail that thing out as soon as i can yeah. because i need to be finding other work you yeah. know on the other end of that or i've got some other project or i need to be somewhere yeah. you know to to shoot and edit and, and and make money that way and so yeah i mean the 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 goal is you know like i would love to be doing more narrative paid projects you know that's fine but you know even even if I were to be an editor on a film, like that still wouldn't be fulfilling for me artistically. Exactly, because it's not my film, it's not my voice, yeah. you know? I can use all the things that I've learned up to that point to make someone else's project as good as I possibly can. Yeah. And I think like that's always going through my head. Like I'm always, I don't want to call it a perfectionist, but like, just like I'm, I'm sort of neurotic about mistakes I kind of always have been especially like when I was working at Fox Sports you know that was kind of that made me a good editor and a fast editor but I was always worried about 
making mistakes when it, and it's sort of going out to see to the whole internet, you know, the whole world. Um, and so now, like, uh, I'm always making sure that I can uh, do a good job, you know, for everyone, just because that's kind of how my brain works. And like those, I can't afford to burn any relationships. Not that I did before, but you know, I just had a guy come back to me. I hadn't talked to in six years. It was like just out of the blue, you know, but if I, you know, if I had, you know, not taken the time with that relationship before, then, you know, then I'm, I would have lost out on that business now. And that was quick turn. That was and like, I need a video and I need it in two weeks. And, you and know, that's when this becomes any business, I mean, you know, any, anybody running any business well, it's about service, it's about performance, it's about meeting expectations, it's about having high level quality in the work that you do, you know, but at that point it becomes removed from the fact that the skill set that you're deploying is the skill set that you deploy in your passion work. It's just about being a um, reliable professional who can perform, yeah. right? Well, you know, working even back to how what I said about kind of making films is that like you know you can make the same film for five thousand or fifty thousand. It just depends on that process, you know. So you can spend time developing relationships being a good person and then people will come out and they'll want to work with you yeah. um, on your film because they know that hey he's gonna help me with my project next or you know I think this is good for the arts community in general um, or you can hire a bunch of day players yeah. and and do it that way you know and that's gonna cost you a lot more money um, and so it really like I said it's, it just kind of goes back to that that experience, you know, and so I've I've tried to I've tried to develop a, a sort of filmmaking experience that's just like positive across the board because it's like if you're if it's not then what the hell am I doing? You know, it's like if you're banging your head against the wall trying to do something. I mean, there's there's things that I don't like. I like I don't like location scouting. I think that's terrible. Like it's always been a headache for me finding some place to shoot. Um, so I'm gonna try to find have. Someone, if someone else does that for me, then that makes my life better. You know, that makes my life more positive. I might invest in that, but I want to edit my own film. I want to write my own film. I want to direct my own film. I usually do a lot of visual effects for my own film because I, I derive happiness from that. And so being in that spot, I would sort of rob myself if I had a great idea and I went out to shoot it and then I just hired a whole bunch of other people to do it for me. You know, I know that there are things that I'm never going to be great at. You know, I'm never going to be a great musician, but I know great musicians who I want to work with. And so, you know, I'm always you're always trying to figure out where where the cracks are, where your bottlenecks are as a, as a filmmaker of, OK, where where do I need to let go? Where do I need to give this to someone else because their expertise is going to make my project better? And where do I need to study up? watch, read, learn, and do it myself because that is going to amplify, that's going to make better the personal aspect of your film. Well, well let me ask you this. Let's say again um, where, where people can experience some of the things you've created. Tell us again, please. Uh, you can go to my website, bensliker.com. Um, also, you probably find me on Vimeo. I got a ton of stuff on Vimeo, but it's all on my website as well. I think it's great, uh, Ben, that you're creating and that you seem to be finding balance in your life to use your skill set to pay the bills and then use your skill set to, to, you know, provide meaning and value and, and create art for art's sake and 
for your own sake and uh, I mean it seems like a pretty good life I'm, I'm I have very little to complain about I'm not, <laughs> I won't lie um, you know it'd be, be and it's a lot of time it, you know I almost feel I almost feel silly talking about artistic fulfillment because there are a lot of people who are just trying to find fulfillment in the other areas of my life that are are fantastic already yeah. you know like uh, as far as family and love and things like that like I've never had to I've never had to try to find that yeah. right you know so I have I have fantastic parents I have an amazing wife I have great kids yeah. um, I've never struck actors by they're the all way. actors yeah <laughs> they all they, I pay them very well uh, to show up at my house every day um, you know professionally I've never had to uh, you know I I've never had to struggle. I never struggled academically when I was, you know, and so there was a lot of things I, I think professionally and personally about that process that I had to learn that like not everybody's like me. I, I a lot of times I walk into a room and, and I see, you know, even you three gentlemen and I just automatically attach my own experience to, to other people. Um, and so part of what I, I've learned as an adult just in general was, was uh, just knowing that <laughs> I, I was totally getting into like a deep moment, and uh, and Silent Mike, Mike just, over here Mike, just Silent Mike just bobbed for apples on his beer. There's <laughs> uh, a little froth on his nose. Um, so yeah, back to the deep. <laughs> New band name, I call it. Uh, but coming into a room and and seeing other people and realizing that they have other experiences and learning about their experiences and not just from a um, not just from a um, kind of a your own standpoint of like how can this help me or you know whatever but just like hearing their story and, and listening to kind of who they are um, which kind of stinks because like like I don't really have that time investment either and so like to go out and just talk to other people and kind of figure out who they are um, and kind of you know building those relationships um and, and and sort of not realizing that people grew up with from different backgrounds than i did and, and may have had different struggles to kind of that, that have made them who they are uh and there there might be something to be learned from that as well well ben it's a it's a pleasure to talk to you I, you know we always admire and like to highlight people that are doing things um that are from the heart uh that are contributing to the arts community um, that are about, you know, people coming together and collaborating. So um, we appreciate you being on the podcast, man. We really do. Thank you. Thank you. I'd forgot um, a number of my films are playing uh, later, uh, actually with, with uh, the Straw House guys over here um, in, was it November? Oh gosh, bad promo, bad promo. The 17th, sure. Uh, 16th is a Friday. Friday in November. Just come every Friday in November <laughs> to to yeah. Amelie's. It'll be in the basement. Um, but we, I, I'm sure Terry will uh, will will send that out as well. But we'll have a big screening then as well. So this is downtown Rock Hill. It's at the the coffee shop Amelie's Fritch Bakery. It's in the in the below the coffee yes. shop. Yeah. He's talking about Terry Roots, who we've had on the show. Oh yeah, Terry Roots. Okay, great. We just went to an excellent event at his space last weekend. Um, well, anyway, um, that sounds great, and we'll try to help spread the word about that event, and um, I'm sure we'll see you again. Any, any last words? Um, gosh, we are, no. We are going to kill you now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
this is my time to go. Uh, like I said, I, I, I love my family. Um, they are amazing people, uh, all of them. That's enough. And I, <laughs> I hope that my art um, lives on in eternity um, when, I, when I'm gone, you know, and, and uh, you know, I don't know, clear my browser history? I don't know. Like, what? <laughs> That's great. All right, well, I guess we'll see you next week. Chris, uh, you look great in your shirt again. I tried. I, I pushed really hard for this whole show to have a good shirt. It really it really had a good shirt, yeah. I'm exhausted. The humidity has yeah. been a tough sell. Uh, I'm yeah. in all my sweat. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a schmedium right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a schmedium. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Silent Micah, if you want to uh, take us out in song or prayer. All right, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And I guess we'll see you next week on Old Town New World.